today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. It was the final night of the Republican convention, and uh, as expected, Donald Trump uh, put up the circus on the South Lawn of the White House and uh, spoke himself for over 70 minutes, a rambling speech, as the Trump speeches usually are, and it was full of the usual bombast. Joe Biden is not a savior of America's soul. He is the destroyer of America's jobs, and if given the chance, he will be the destroyer of American greatness. Joining us to talk about uh, last night's events and the impact it may have on the election is uh, Reggie Giacchini. Reggie, of course, is a Washington producer and correspondent with Global News. Uh, Reggie, thank you for the time on the uh, the day after. Glad you could join us today. Good morning, Bill. Happy Friday. Reggie, to you, and to you, too. As you were watching the events last night, I, I couldn't help but looking at this thing and how surreal it was. I mean, this is the White House, you know, which to many people is the epitome of, of United States strength and, and you know, the, the, the place that the United States used to have in the world. And basically, it looked like a sideshow. I mean, the great big stage there, the the, the Pence-Trump signs that they had on the big screens there and this crowd there. It's I know it's not supposed to happen, and you know because of the Hatch Act and a number of other things like this, but I, I'm sure a lot of Americans watched that last night, Reggie, and said, how did we get here? Yeah, I mean, look, the, the White House has typically remained neutral territory in uh, in political conventions. But as we've seen, not only in this atmosphere right now of unconventional conventions because of COVID-19, this has been an unconventional presidency since Donald Trump took office. So it is no surprise that they've kind of skirted the rules and bypassed the laws and looked out for uh, President Trump himself and not for the betterment of the country. Look, the White House is supposed to be the people's house representing the entire country, not a political party. And that's what really rattled watchdog groups and ethics groups uh, uh, for this kind of just shrugging off of American tradition uh, with fears going forward that this may be how things operate. Uh, you know, once, once a norm is broken in Washington, it's really hard to, to get it back to where it was. Exactly. Well, especially if he's there for another four years, I guess, in the White House. The, the, the other element about this, and I know you and I have talked about this in the past, is the odd time that Trump does talk, speak truth. It's usually half-truths. Uh, he's focusing on, on what's going on and, you know, talking about the, the unrest and the riots and the looters and the vandals and the anarchists, as he labels them all, uh, without ever, ever touching on the, the rationale, you know, the, the death of George Floyd, the, the shooting of Jacob Blake, the, these other events. The, the, he's either totally oblivious to that or he simply doesn't include that in, as part of his narrative. Much was the case for the entire week during the Republican convention. We heard about the protests, the violence. Uh, the rioting in city streets, but the, the underlying cause was rarely ever spoken of, and that included last night. The only time the president mentioned Kenosha, Wisconsin, uh, linked to the shooting of Jacob Blake, was when, again, he talked about the fact that there was violence in the streets. But at the end of the day, this is where Democrats have really called out Republicans for saying, look, you're not uh, uh, dealing with the systemic problems that have led to the violence in these streets. Uh, you know, the, 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 the situation going on right now, combined with uh, the, the kind of racial injustice, the two aren't mutually exclusive. Uh, but what you have right now is the Republican Party looking solely through the one lens as opposed to the parallel set of lenses between both parties. And that's where some of the most uh, stark criticism comes for President Trump is just his whitewashing of the actual details uh, for, and, and kind of just doing something or saying something to suit his political base. 
And, and the, 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 the art of transference here, I mean, when he sees a crisis, and there is a crisis in the States that's ongoing right now, uh, reflected in, in, in the demonstrations. By the way, the peaceful demonstration, there are some rowdies and some anarchists, and some of them travel a great distance, as you know, to just be a part of these things. Uh, but that aside, uh, he doesn't talk about the root cause, but he does blame the Democrats for this, uh, saying that this is what Joe Biden's United States is going to look like. This this is Donald Trump's United States, Reggie. I, and I'm hoping the American people realize that. Well, look, the president's own advisors have come out to say that this is not on the president's watch, pointing out that the, the, the protests that we're seeing across major American cities right now are Democratic-run cities or are inside Democratically-run states. Again, this is uh, absolving the Republican Party of anything to do with something that might happen in Democrat-controlled territory to then say the president has no uh, kind of, 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 of coin in this game. But at the end of the day, you're right, this is happening under President Trump's watch. And when he's talking about this kind of carnage and chaos that he sees on American streets, pegging it as a Democratic problem doesn't work for him because he ran four years ago on I alone can fix this. He has said that he is the master negotiator, yet none of the violence has been able to be stopped. And that happens because the Republican Party with their leader are again ignoring the underlying issue here that black Americans have been facing injustices at the hands of Americans, at the hands of police. And that's simply not being dealt with, which is why you're seeing this perpetuated. But it's also a play to get suburban women on his side. They are flocking to Joe Biden uh, and, and by instilling some fear into the suburbs by saying their areas may cripple under violence is a way to try and score some political points. Well, and we saw that earlier in the week, didn't we, uh, when they had the gun-toting couple from St. Louis on there and, and, and basically, you know, lionize them for their, for their stand. Uh, and their, their message, by the way, they're both, by the way, under, you know, charges of being charged against them. We'll see how that works out. But they're coming to get you. That was the message. And you know who they are when they say that phrase. Uh, is that really going to resonate with those quote-unquote suburban housewives? Well, this is the play that the Republicans and the campaign are really making in that if they make it palatable for a suburban housewife or somebody from the suburbs to say, well, I understand what the president is trying to say, but I may not under, I may not fully go along with the words that he's using. It may make it more socially acceptable for them to vote for the president, uh, you know, without putting some kind of stigma on them inside their social circles. There's a calculated maneuver here, uh, by the party to not use certain words, to use certain rhetoric, and to instill certain amounts of fear, uh, because it's the only way that they can get this in. Look, Joe Biden is winning in the suburbs right now, and women are flocking to him. Uh, in double-digit numbers over the president. So these are really bottom-of-the-barrel, last-ditch efforts to try and build whatever base is left under under the president. Uh, the other, of course, is is the the you know utopian world and, and the picture that they have painted all week long, uh, not just about racial intolerance uh, that's happening, but also, of course, about the the virus and the pandemic. Uh, to to hear Trump speak last night, Reggie, uh, it's all over. They've defeated it. They're going to come out the other end. They're already coming out the other end. A thousand people a day are dying still. Uh, he says they have the best record against COVID in the world. Actually, they have I think it's the, th the third worst. Uh, of all the countries that are impacted by this it's 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 everything has been turned upside down right now and and again that same thing that you just mentioned you know his response always is it's not my fault it's nothing seems to be his it's fault it's not his fault exactly it's not his fault it's the fault of the world health organization it's the fault of china it's the fault of democratic governors who were reliant on the federal government to uh, help them when they hit a financial wall because the coronavirus essentially drained their resources. This is anybody but the president's fault. And you heard that last night and over the week, a revisionist history over his initial response 
uh, to the pandemic and the ongoing response. You know, he'll complain. The president will complain uh, that the, the cupboards were empty when it came to uh, dealing with, with stockpiles uh, needed for this pandemic. But the president was in office for three and a half years and did nothing to replenish it until he was out of time. But then that became the problem uh, of the previous administration. Uh, you know, the president was even speaking last night. Again, you're right. In, in the form of what kind of pandemic are you talking about? There's no such thing. And then used a baseless claim that there may be a vaccine ready by the election. That's been pushed back and debunked by most medical experts uh, in the science world and by political leaders. Uh, but again, trying to score political points here by brushing past the, the current dire crisis that's happening to say, look, things will get better, but saying so without a timeline. I, I got a minute and a half left here, Reggie. I want to ask you something else. When, when the Democrats are having their convention, uh, Trump, of course, went to Scranton, Pennsylvania, Joe Biden's hometown, and tried to, uh, you know, I guess, take the narrative away and, and, and try to get the attention made a speech there uh turnabout is fair play yesterday kamala harris uh, addressed uh, the world i guess uh in washington just hours before trump's uh to what i saw pretty rave reviews from from an awful lot of people uh, critics and, and and supporters alike what was the reaction in along the beltway about kamala harris yesterday it was a scathing criticism of the president's three and a half years in office, but most notably a scathing criticism of how he's handled these current racial tensions that are inside this country. And you'll notice last night during the president's speech, 41 times uh, Joe Biden's name was mentioned. Only one time was Kamala Harris's name mentioned. And there is a fear not only inside the Republican Party, but inside the White House, too, that Kamala Harris is strong. She was a strong addition to that ticket, and she's going to make it more difficult to put a difficult narrative on the Democratic Party. And I think that this is really setting the stage for what's going to be a heated 67 days before we get to election day absolutely well the conventions are over we'll see what steps are next always great to get your insight into this reggie thanks so much for the time today thank you take care reggie Cicchini, of course uh, correspondent with global news down in washington the bill kelly show weekdays from nine to noon on 900 chml